This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Hi, Jim Carrigan. Uh, Dennis, uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. Uh, could you tell them, for example, uh, what is icing? Well, um, icing happens when uh, the puck comes down, bang, you know, before the other guys, mm -hmm. nobody there, you know. Mm -hmm. My arm go comes out, then uh, the game stops and start up. Mm -hmm. I see. <laughs> uh, what is high sticking? High sticking happens when uh, the guy takes the stick, you know, when he go like that. You know, you don't do that. You don't do that? Oh, no, never, never. Why not? Against the rules. You know, you're stupid when you do that. Just some English pig with no uh, brain Dennis, at all, um, you know. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is um, like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a penalty for that? Yeah. Uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that. And mm -hmm. for hook like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, for spear, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. All bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, two minutes by yourself. And you feel shame, you know. Mm -hmm. And then you get free. It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. Thanks for joining me, your host, Lance Descott, for another episode of the Drop Podcast. Before we get into the Blues-Canadians game, there's been a lot of banter going around on the internet about how we shouldn't critique the Blues since they won a Stanley Cup. Other people say just the opposite. We should be able to critique them, and the battle's just been going back and forth. I'm going to give you my opinion. If you don't want to critique them, then don't. That's your prerogative. But don't get on to the people that do because they have just as much of a right to have an opinion. I'm just glad that they're not like they were at the beginning of last year. Because if they were like that, I think this town would be falling apart even after these first few games that they've played. They've shown some signs of brilliance. They've shown some signs of playing as a team like they did at the second half of last season. But then they've shown some times of letting off the gas and just kind of coasting and not working hard. But it's early in the season, and I'm sure everything will be fine. You know, going into Montreal, it doesn't matter if Montreal's good or bad. It's not an easy place to play. It really isn't. If you've ever been there, it's fun to watch the game, but it's not fun if you're an opponent. And the Blues found that out very quickly, and Montreal got their fans into this game just a little over halfway through the first period with a goal to make it one to nothing. His dad, Sebastian, and mom, Marie Jose, is here. The Canadians off the faceoff, and they make it one nothing. So following a puck going off the glass, and in out of play into the netting, a D-zone faceoff. Sunquist looks like he wins it back towards Petrangelo, but stolen as it went on his stick, and the little backhand play. Harems off the blocker of the shoulder. Yes, definitely for sure the Blues won that faceoff but the puck bounced in the wrong direction. It ended up in front of the net. Carl Gunnarsson is there, but Tatar is also there, and Tatar puts it right past Jordan Bennington to give the Canadians a lead. And at this point, the Canadians are really working very hard. The Blues had only had one shot on goal at this point, and that's not good because you're almost 13 minutes into the game. 
That would be Tatar's second goal of the year. Gallagher gets his third assist. Denault gets his second assist. 12 minutes, 59 seconds in. The Blues did battle a little bit in this first period. Even though Montreal, I thought, carried the play, they weren't giving up. And their hot hand, Braden Shin, would get his fourth goal of the season to tie this one up at one each. Schwartz gets it. Back in for Tarasenko. Now in front for Shen off the goal post. Oh, Shen. did it go in? It did. did. Hit the post or is it in? The red light is on. The referee signals goal and we'll go to the replay. Jaden Schwartz pointed to it right away. The referee, Eric Furlat, was on the doorstep as well. It had a funny clunk to it. And the cameras behind there, the bar that's not red, it's behind the crossbar. Might have gone through there. Good drop pass there by Schwartz to Tarasenko to Shen. And again, talking about a center iceman being more of a playmaker. Shen has got a good shot. We saw that in Ottawa against Nielsen. What a beautiful goal by Braden Shen. A lot of people like it when the Blues dump and chase, and sometimes that can be successful, but you've got to have the numbers to do that. In this instance, Schwartz gets a puck, gets it to Tarasenko. They're carrying it in over the blue line. Braden Shin's wide open, and he puts it over glove side of Carey Price, and we're tied up at one each. That goal by Shin, like I said, was his fourth of the season. Tarasenko has yet to light the lamp, but he gets his third assist of the season. And Jaden Schwartz, who brought the puck towards the blue line with confidence, gets his third assist, 17 minutes, 57 seconds in. What has killed the Blues throughout several seasons? Giving up early goals and giving up late goals. And this period would be no exception. Jonathan Druin, who a while back almost became a Blue, there was a lot of rumors about him being traded to the Blues, but he's still in Montreal and he gave the Canadians a lead. 18 minutes, 47 seconds into the second. The Canadians go up 2-1. to one. The last two minutes, one breakdown and a serious one trying to go through the middle of the ice. Here's Drouin. That's the way to respond. Jonathan Drouin puts it off the post and in, and the Canadians are back out front. He looks like a different player this year now. He's going to come right off the player's bench. Here comes Drouin. And catches the St. Louis Blues flat-footed. Right through the middle of the ice. He wants it. And you can hear why. Right off the post and in. Not that that wasn't a beautiful wrist shot. I think Jordan Bennington would love to have that one back. I think nine times out of ten he makes that save. That would be Druin's second goal of the season. Chirac gets his first assist. Feline gets his first assist. That was 18 minutes, 47 seconds in. The Canadians head into the locker room between the first and second period with a 2-1 to one lead. Montreal outshot the Blues 8-7 to seven in that period. The key to the second period to me was the Blues getting off to a quick start, putting a lot more pressure and shots on Carey Price, and also playing more like a team and being more disciplined. And they definitely did that because they got the next two goals, and the first one was by the youngster, Sammy Blay, who has looked really good so far this season. There's oh, one by boy, Sammy. The Quebec! the game for the Blues at two. How about that? Looked like the play was dead. Yeah. And he, and he stuck with it. There was a delayed penalty. Goalie interference was going to be called against the Montreal Canadiens. This is high-end skill right here. I mean, this is incredible. Sammy, Sammy's had a great start to the year, you know. He, uh, he didn't get much ice time uh, at the start, but look at here. The, you know who makes this play here? 
is Bo. Sammy Blake takes it upon himself to bring the puck over the blue line, skates towards the middle of the ice, takes a shot, hits off of Jay Bomeister, goes right back to Sammy Blay in the corner, just puts a very strange angled backhand shot past Carey Price to knock this game up at two each. That goal by Blay would be his third of the season. Bomeister gets his first assist. Just a minute and five seconds in, the Blues looked very, very good in this first part to middle of the second period. They would get a power play opportunity and another youngster, Vince Dunn, who I think is going to have a great year this year offensively and hopefully he'll improve some of his defense too, gets a big power play goal to give the Blues their first lead in the game at 3-2. To, to the outside again, Shen. Across, Dunn wide open, jumps, he scores! And the Blues lead for the first time. Little tweak in the power play unit, as we mentioned before. Sammy Blade replacing Robbie Fabry on this unit. And a confident play once again by Braden Shen on the half boards. He looks like he's going to go back to Tarasenko. He gets it here, looks once, looks once, waits for Dunn to sneak in there. Yoel Armia, number 40, got his stick tangled up so it wasn't in the lane. See, Armia goes to his left, leaves that pass across. You got to have the stick in the lane to take away that. It doesn't happen, and the Blues take advantage. A brilliant shot by Vince Dunn. What a great deke job by Braden Shin. Handles the puck, moves it around. Three of the Canadians' players get close on him because they think he's going to shoot it. By that time, it's too late. Vince Dunn's wide open, and he puts it past Carey Price. It's a good feeling to be in the lead, especially after the first part of this game. That goal by Dunn would be his first of the season. Shin gets an assist. Tarasenko gets his fourth assist. 12 minutes, 50 seconds in, the Blues do have their first lead. But it would not last very long at all. The Canadians tie it up at 3-3, three to three, and that's the way we'd head out of the second period. By Bomeister, Gallagher rolled it back of the net. Tatar center, Deneau with his second of the year and first career point against St. Louis, and he's tied it at three. First of all, a real smart shoot in here by Gallagher. He just chips it by the defense, and then Gallagher does all the work. One on two, ends up winning the battle to Katara Fan right in front, and Deneau just sneaks into the seam. Now off the half boards, stick down, perfect position, arrives on time, and the Montreal Canadiens just like that. The Blues couldn't get control of the puck, and the Canadians got it. They make a great pass in front of the net to Deneau, and then we're knotted up at three each. That goal by Deneau would be his second of the year. Tatar gets his third assist, and Gallagher gets his fourth assist, heading out of the second period, knotted up at three each. Montreal outshot the Blues 14-12 to in the second period, and I thought it was a tell of two different types of periods. The Blues played very well in the first part of the period and then the Canadians really put the pressure on and they played better than the Blues in the second part of the second period. Going into the third period, the Blues needed to take control early. When you let a team come back and tie you, it deflates you a little bit, it gives them energy and just seven and a half minutes into the third period, the Canadians would go up four to three. Should have got in the first time. I don't know how Wheel missed it. 
I don't know that he knows how. The Blues on a change here. They don't get back into the play. How does he miss that? Believe it, Merkin, he. But then, good puck retrieval here. Luckinen just throws it towards the net, gets his own rebound. Finnegan does not seal the post with that one leg. Just the first mistake he's made all night. Luckinen takes the puck behind the net, does a wraparound, keeps hitting at the puck. Bennington's not able to cover the whole post, and somehow it sneaks past him, and the Canadians go up 4-3. to three. That goal by Lekkonen would be his first of the year. Petrie gets his second assist. Wheel gets his first assist, 7 minutes, 30 seconds in. And after this point, guys, the Blues did not look good at all. And about 4 minutes and 26 seconds later, Brendan Gallagher puts them up 5-3. to three. Tatar trying to knock it by a fault, and Victor Mete will follow up with a pass ahead for Domi. Domi coming in, feeds it back, going over Domi and Gallagher do their talking on the ice on that play. The Blues will have a look, but the Canadians are up front by two. Uh, Gallagher does what he does best. He'll just put his head down. Here he comes off the players' bench and just stay there and battle with it and battle with it. And the Blues are looking at this. You know that to see if they have a case for goalie interference. Some bad defense by the Blues. Domi backs him up into the offensive zone. He heads towards the net, gets it to Gallagher. Bennington makes an initial save, but Gallagher's right in front of the net. I think there was goalie interference. But for some stupid reason, Craig Berube did not challenge it. I know you don't want to get a penalty. I understand that. But what do you have to lose? But I'm not coach. That was his decision. But anyway, that goal by Gallagher would be a second of the year. Domi gets his second assist. Matei gets his first assist. 11 minutes, 56 seconds in. Montreal's up 5-3 to three at that point. Max Domi would add an empty net goal as third of the year. 17 minutes, 32 seconds in. And the Blues lose this one 6-3. to three. Let's head to the stats of the game. The Blues had 29 shots on goal to the Canadians, 38. The Blues won the faceoff battle 57% to 43%. For some reason online, it says 57 to 44, but that does not add up to 100% now, does it? The Blues were 1 for 2 on the power play. The Canadians were 0 for 4. The Canadians outhit the Blues 30 to 26. The Blues outblocked the Canadians 20 to 6. The Canadians had 15 giveaways to the Blues 11. Let's head to the post-game interviews, where we're going to hear from Braden Shin, newcomer Justin Falk, and of course Coach Craig Berube on this tough loss in Montreal. Yeah, we um, yeah we weren't very good tonight. Uh, we couldn't get to our game, uh, couldn't get the forward check going, didn't sustain a whole lot of ozone pressure, turn over the puck, and obviously resulted in six goals against. And that's even with Bitter making some big saves. Still, you're you're in position. You're up. You're up three to two. And uh, how to get away from you there? Yeah. Uh, same thing, you know, uh, you know, we had a 3-3 going to the third, um, didn't, uh, bring out our best effort in the third. We, uh, like I said, turned over pucks and, and, uh, I think they just wanted it more, uh, than us in the third period. You know, just not able to establish any zone time. Seems like you got the puck in the zone, but then just kind of... Yeah, we, we, we couldn't, we couldn't get our four check going tonight. Um, you know, that's when we're the most dangerous. That's when we sustain zone pressure. That's when guys get their, their puck touches in and, and get their chances in. And, um, you know, they did, whether they, whether we didn't uh, dump the puck right or four check hard enough or they just broke the puck out too clean on us tonight. Uh, you know, I'm sure it's a combination of, of everything. And uh, we'll be better next game. Baruby said after that last game that, uh, uh, he didn't want to get in the run and gun, but did you seem like you guys fell into that tonight, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm sure we 
we gave up more chances than we wanted to, I think. More shots, more chances. I think they had a good handful of great days that we, we wouldn't want to give up. And uh, any night, you don't want to give up that, that many opportunities, and uh, they're able to capitalize on be a little not just tonight but the other games too a little bit more physical it seems like teams are having their way with you a little bit in the corners yeah we need to we need to be a little harder i think in all areas whether it's d zone four check uh i mean it can be anywhere on the ice it can be a neutral zone gap you can be tight on a guy and, and play the body a little bit more i think uh not even that it's just our stick work needs to be a little better a little stronger our sticks not get beat in puck battles and, um we, we just got we got beat tonight and it was kind of uh, in more than one area. Lots of odd man rushes. Uh, any, any key to them getting behind you guys so often? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know if there's necessarily one thing. It's uh, it can be bad pinches by the D. It can be no reload. I mean, there's a couple couple scenarios there that that generally create odd man rushes, turnovers. Uh, there's definitely a couple from that and from all three of those areas I just said. And, um, it's just got to be cleaned up, I think. Get pucks in, and it's so simple. It sounds so easy, but uh, sometimes it doesn't seem easy, and we, we have a tough time uh, getting it done. And, uh, but it's just it just needs to be cleaner and a little bit uh, smoother all over the board. Yeah, they play, they play better, and that's what it boils down to. Too many turnovers again? I know you're talking that about that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Just be surprised that there's people. No. No, I mean, we've talked about it. They're a fast team. They play better. They deserve to win. What are you not seeing from your guys? Well, we didn't, we, for tonight, we didn't play hard enough, didn't compete hard enough, and didn't manage the puck. You know, like turning it over and then they transition. I mean, that's basically the game. You were talking about the odd man rushes the other night. We just talked to Colton. He said maybe we're pinching too early. We're just getting beat back. It seems like it's a theme. No, it's not about that. It's probably pinching late and probably not aggressive enough and probably not reloading hard enough by forwards. So that's why they get that's why that happens. That is spot on. Of course the Blues did not compete hard enough and play hard enough. There were spots where they did, but it wasn't a consistent sixty minute effort. I would say probably twenty to twenty five minutes of the game the Blues played hard. That leaves him 35 to 40 minutes of not playing hard. And when you don't play hard for that long and you allow a team to capitalize on your mistakes, you're going to lose. Now, I'm not worried about it at this point. You guys know me well enough to know that I look at a season in 20-game segments. After the first 20 games, I'll make my assessment of how the season's going. Is it going the way we wanted it to so far? No, it hasn't. Guys need to show a sense of urgency a little bit. Some of these guys look good at moments, and other times they're just skating gingerly to the puck. And Justin Falk is one of those guys. I know Darren Pang went on about Justin Falk and Vince Dunn's pairing. They look pretty good defensively. But if you watch Falk on several plays, he's very lazy to the puck at times, and he's very lazy at moving the puck. Maybe he's just one of those guys that just, he's so fluid at it. That's what I'm seeing. I might be wrong. But I think Justin Falk has to improve. He's been okay to good, but not great. The Blues need more than that out of him. Now, I know there's been a lot of talk of the Blues are close to signing Petrangelo, and I'm going to give you my thoughts on that really quick. 
If they can sign him for $8.5 million or lower, do it. But from what I'm hearing, there are teams that have already told his agent that when he becomes a free agent, they're willing to give him 10 to $11 million a year in an eight-year deal. I do not like eight-year deals. I know they signed Shin to an eight-year deal, and I love Braden Shin, but I really wish it would have been a six-year deal. Because an eight-year deal can really kill you with a player that's around 30 years old, whether it's a year or two before 30 or a year or two after 30. I think they should try to sign Petrangelo, but if he's wanting that top-tier money, which I think teams are going to give him, especially after a Stanley Cup, if he ends up going to free agency, I don't think the Blues should do it. I know we won the Stanley Cup, and it's great to bring players back, but you've also got to look towards the future, and you've also got to look at what you have in San Antonio. So if they can bring back Petrangelo at $8.5 million or less for no more than six years, I'm for it. If it's for eight years, or if it's for nine dollars $10.5, $11 million, it's too much for Alex Petrangelo. That's going to rub a lot of people wrong, but that's just the way it is. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode of The Drop. Join me next time for my recap of the Blues-Islanders game, which will be played tomorrow at noon. Funny game time, I guess, because it's Columbus Day. There's several games on the docket in the afternoon in the NHL. Make sure you don't miss that, and make sure you come back to hear my recap of that game. Until then, let's go Blues. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Drop Podcast. To get more of The Drop, check out our website at droppodcast.com. You can also find us on Google Play, iTunes, and the iHeartRadio app. You can follow us on Instagram at the.drop.podcast or on Twitter at Drop Hockey Show. You can email the Drop Podcast or host Lance DeScott at lanced at droppodcast.com. To find out more about Lineup Media, go to lineupmedia.fm. Until next time, let's go blues. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.